Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. He's wet a man! Whoa! He's gone to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. Scratch his nose. <laughs> yeah. What about to McCullum? Shane? He might be trying to shake the sweet one after that first one. He might try and slide one in there. Fast. Yeah! Well, you yeah, called it. Out. Let's run out. Let's come off yeah, his head on no, his face. You'll never see that again. Yeah, you think you've seen it all, don't you? Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook. BBL Podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Guys, girls, we are, what are we, a few days away from the start of BBL 12. I am that excited for it. It's been a big countdown throughout October, November, through all our pre-season content, but we're finally, we're almost here. Here to talk through it with me is the man, the myth, the legend, the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Good, mate. I was just saying off air, I've just started feeling good in the last hour after a week in Thailand last week. All the boys got crook, so it's been a bit of a recovery process. Uh, but here we are, back to talk business. Um, had to listen to a few of the potties, actually, this afternoon from when I was away. Very good stuff, so well done to you and the boys. Um, I do have do have one bone to pick later with Maxi, but we'll get to that when we talk about <laughs> team reveal. I think he might have... Uh, he might be on a bit of something I don't know about based on what he said. But let's get to that. He might prove me wrong soon enough. Uh, and the other thing is, the the boys, uh, your mates came on the last podcast. Firstly, they are funny dudes. Love it. <laughs> uh, did you know one of them was a good wicketkeeper, actually? I uh, don't know if I got mentioned. And, and Paddy and George. <laughs> Paddy and George. And secondly, they were talking about cricket bats, and it got me thinking, this is a little spy fact. My favourite ever, ever sportsman is Ricky Ponting, like obsessed beyond... Very very emotional highs and lows throughout his career. Luckily, more highs than lows. But the cricket bat that I treasure most and I'd give anything to get is the Kookaburra Ridgeback Intrigue Limited Edition. It was from early (laughs) 2000s. I've got a photo of it saved in my computer somewhere. I'm going to put it on my Twitter. If anyone can find it for me, I'll buy it and I'll treasure that forever. So uh, that's my cricket bat of choice. The Kookaburra Ridgeback takes me back to absolute childhood bliss. So... uh, just thought I'd throw that in before we get into business, eh? What was that, punter, late late 90s odd, early 2000s? Well, he, early 2000s, he shifted to the updated Ridgeback with the yellow grip, and honestly, it just doesn't get any better than that. Give me any item in the world, and that's what I choose. You would have been a, a kookaburra bubble man as well, mate. Nah, punter was never a bubble, so, so I didn't go <laughs> with the bubble. Um, a strictly Ridgeback into Kahuna. Spy, uh, but meant to say and, and tell the other uh, listeners out there, did a 
did a bloke in a bar show live show out at the grand final a couple of months ago and there's a few people popped up very very kind to have a chat about all things super coach and rugby league and mate half of them just wanted they just come to me and said mate nice to meet you nice to have a yarn um but you've got to tell us i need i need to know one thing who's the spy and i sat there and i'm like i'm like i can't tell you I'm like, i can't give away his identity that's what everyone wants i'm like i can't do it they said, all right, at very least, just show us a photo of him. I said, all right, I'll give you a one-second snippet of a photo of the spy. And went, bam, and they all just lost their mind. They're like, that's the legend, exactly what I was hoping for. The only issue is, mate, I'm just scared it's going to start going to your head at some point. No, we've come this far, haven't we? So we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, but, mate, I, I want to meet all the fans as well. I'm just as excited. So uh, I might be bigger fans of them once I get a few tips off them. Yeah, well, once I uh, get get around to becoming savvy enough to work any video content, content, that's when I'm going to be forced to get your mug out there, mate. So hopefully that's not too far away. Maybe even the rugby league season. We'll see how we go. Guys, on today's show, we're going to go through a bit of recent BBL team news that's uh, altered a few things across the preseason that's had a, a big impact on Supercoach. So I'm going to touch on that briefly. We're going to go into a spy team reveal workshop his team, who he likes, who he doesn't like, what he's going with, and basically I'm just going to pick it apart and get his thoughts on that. Uh, we're going to drop a pod and an anti-pod play for the season and plenty more. Uh, guys, head back and listen to all our preseason podcasts. There's about four or five of them uh, ahead of round one. We go in-depth on cheapies last week, I believe it was, international availability, ins and outs, when uh, you know when are, when are the guns coming into the tournament, when are they leaving it. The, that was the week prior. A fixture analysis of the teams to target to avoid in the early rounds, the double game weeks, the buys, etc., uh, and there's a breakdown of every single squad in the BBL across these podcasts. This info is also all on our site at scplaybook.com.au. So if you want the cheat sheet there, uh, jump onto the website. Guys, very quick one because I've blabbered on about it all preseason. But new SC Playbook BBL social media handle, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Had to start that from scratch just to separate it from our NRL ha- handle in case there weren't any sort of NRL or BBL fans there just to break it up. Um, so if you could jump on and give that a follow, it would be very, very much appreciated. Spy, uh, the Spy actually said to me off air, he'll send anyone a case of beer to anyone who goes and follows those pages. I think he actually said a case of beer per page follow. So he's a good fellow, the Spy. Uh, and guys, lucky last, if you are keen on getting on stacks of additional content every single round of Supercoach, we do have a subscription available. Uh, BBL package, $30 for the entire season, $50 for our full package, including the 2023 NRL and AFL seasons. Gives you also access to our WhatsApp group. I'm doing a Q&A with subscribers tomorrow afternoon, answering all their questions, team feedback, all that sort of stuff. We'll be doing the same thing on Monday, just before the competition starts and teams need to be finalised. Access to our major subscriber prize in the Unlimited group and plenty more. Uh, so again, jump into the menu on our website for the subscribe tab. Uh, Spy, you're right over there, mate. You're, you're having heart palpitations through the microphone when I mentioned that beer thing. Yeah, I didn't realise I was getting a hundred grand pay rise for the season, <laughs> so that's good news. And uh, given that fact, happy to split. I'll buy a case of beer for everyone, but I get to split it and talk sport with them. That's the deal, I reckon. Once that pay rise comes through officially uh, yeah. from the great man in charge. Not a bad trade-off there. Might have to have a word to uh, Paddy and George to up mine if we're giving you a 100k pay rise, mate. A recent news out of the Supercoach. There have been significant, a few significant things. Mitchie Mask, Phil Salt at the Scorchers, both out for the tournament. Really disappointing because I was... Mitchie Marsh was going to be one of the, the real big decisions early in the season. I think it was about 246k, so... You know, with the round two double coming up, uh, that is out of our hands. Not a bad thing, to be fair. Uh, they have signed... 
former South African skipper, Faf Duplessis, for the first seven games, Spy. Let's start with Faf. Obviously, the Scorchers on the bye in round one, but they have the double in round two. Likely to probably open the batting at the Scorchers. What are your thoughts on Faf at 180k? Yeah, firstly, it's a shame Mitchie's out. I think he'd be my favourite bloke in Aussie cricket, possibly Aussie sport at the moment. He's just such a legend, and I was going to bring him straight in. Uh, unlike some of the boys on the potty, I couldn't go for a walk on his bat, and I just want to watch him. <laughs> so he would have been straight in, but that's out of my hands now and probably makes it easier in fairness. In terms of faff, um, I've had a look at him. I'm a little bit, I wouldn't say scared off, but I'm a little bit tentative of older batsmen. Um, I mean, he's, I'm not sure his exact age now, but he's not young. In saying that, he's coming off a ton pretty recently, I think, in T20. So yep. as soon as you see that, you know that he's probably good to go. I think it's, for the whole Perth Scorchers side, I really want to wait and see their lineup for the first game before I do too much because, as you've spoken about previously, they're just so deep. I don't know what's going to happen with their lineup, but if you needed to go early on someone, I guess you know Fast going to play. So if you, if you get a chance and you've got a spot sitting there and maybe you've used an, an auto-emergency in the first round and your auto-emergency's gone off and you've got a spot where you need to drop someone, maybe you can turn him into Faf and prep for round two. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit on the fence at the moment. I'm not locking him in, but, I mean, he, he's got to be in the conversation, of course, because he's all class and will have a prominent role at, at the Scorchers. Mm, yeah, even with uh, these laid out in the tournament for the Scorchers and then obviously Faf coming in, a guy like Lance Morris pops up, who we spoke about the bowling rotations and the and the resting risks of these players. Lance Morris, we didn't even have in the squad. We obviously in the squad, but not in the starting eleven. We had him, Maddie Kelly outside, and then Morris goes and gets caught up to the Australian squad. It's just ridiculous. Um, Faf Dubliski is coming in in form. He's an absolute class bat. We've all seen him play the game over the many many years of uh, starting roles for South Africa, but he's coming in in form playing recently in the T20 Caribbean Premier League. Knocks of 41, 103, 2, 41, 60, and 31, which is pretty absurd. So um, keep Faf on your radar for round two, and it's a big price tag, but shit, the bloke knows how to play cricket. Spy, the other one is <clears throat> another of your boys, and that is Aaron Hardy, who bit of chat around that he well, he's certainly keen and a bit of ch- chat around Scorchers camp that Hardy may, be, may earn a little promotion up the order. Um, a bloke who he's eyeing that Mitch Marshall, essentially. Um, bowling a few overs, which he thought he may anyway. Uh, could bat, you know, anywhere as high as three, four, hopefully five um, furthest down. I believe you liked him anyway. Yeah, I did. Um, I was probably a little bit colder on him after looking into it, just because he hasn't had a great deal of opportunity in the past. So I'm always wary that that could continue. But I tell you what, if he goes up the order to play the M Marsh role, he'll be straight in. I'll probably buddy skip him round two or something, if that's the case. <laughs> um, so at this stage, as same as before, mate, I'm just – that Perth lineup. First game they play, batting order is going to be absolutely mm. critical to everything. So if he's got a prominent role there, he'll be straight in. If he's batting at like seven or eight or something, there is cause for concern there just because we don't know if he's going to get his overs in with that bowling attack. So I think where he bats in the batting order will be critical to whether I, I grab Aaron Hardy or not. Yeah, nice, mate. Uh, Sammy Whiteman signing on at the Sydney Thunder. Do we see this as a threat to Matty Gilks, who obviously was exceptional at stages in the back end of last tournament, in particular with the promotion up the order for him, had some whirlwind innings. Uh I've got at the moment Whiteman probably coming in for Ollie Davies. So 
Gilks, the big question with Gilks is obviously the Thunder start on the double. And I suppose it brings Whiteman into the question as well. But I see it as Whiteman probably coming in and batting at five or six. Um, Gilks still opening the bat. But it is a little bit, of course, for concern for anyone looking to jump onto Matty Gilks. Yeah, I guess the beauty of that one is you'll know their lineup by, I think, the first, I think they might be the opening game of the tournament. So you'll see what's happening there. Uh, Whiteman hasn't traditionally been a, a short ball, short form specialist. He, he does tend to go pretty well in the longer form, I believe. But I think the youth of Gilks, he, he showed some signs last year of what he's capable of. Um, I'd expect him to be up top of the order there, given their sort of lack of batsmen as well at times. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Lack of bats, I don't know why I said that. I'll see you another side, but we will see. Uh, <laughs> we will see. We'll see where he's at. Top of the order. I think Gilks isn't a, an absolute lock, but he's got a lot of potential. So it's a big decision to make there mm. for everybody, and he is reasonably cheap. So uh, we'll get to my side later. He is sitting there, but I, I'm not 100% sold on him just at this stage. Mm. We will, mate. I've got a bit of chat about wicket keepers later on as well because I'm not, not entirely sold on him either. Uh, Jimmy Neesham at the Hurricanes signed on the Kiwi International. Expected to bat in the middle order, probably about number five behind a stacked top order at the Hurricanes. I did the, the squad breakdown for the Canes this afternoon and, geez, they've, they're looking good this season. I, I don't mind them. Uh, and can also bowl if required. However, Jimmy Neesham hasn't bowled, I think, in his last... I think he's bowled one over in his last 10 games for the Black Caps. Now, obviously, a step down in class uh, playing in the BBL, but uh, if he is batting at five and not really bowling, I think it's probably a bit of a risk. Uh, the other one's by Dan Sams under a bit of an injury crowd. Crowd. Cloud, as is Jai Richardson. We believe they're both expected to be okay. I know Richo was trying to get in a Shield game before the Scorchers' first game of the BBL, uh, but Dan Sams in particular, who's one of the most owned for round one for obvious reasons, does that concern you or is it a case of like, you know, if he's named for that first game of round one, you just lock him in? Just quickly on Nisham, his hitting ability is off the chart. So if he bowls as well, he could be an absolute special in Supercoach. I'd love to go early on him, but I think he's a real – when I say watch on Nisham, watch and be ready to swoop if he's got a decent role. I think he could be anything. Uh, on the boys, the big boys, Dan Sams and Jai Richardson, the great man, I think it's as simple as if they're named, you just play them. There's, there's no need to overthink that one. Uh, if they're obviously not named, that brings a different story. But they're named to play. That means they're fit and healthy. You just hope they get their two games. But I couldn't be leaving either of them out, especially at Richardson Price to start the season. Yeah, ditto, mate. They'll both probably ton up in their one game anyway if they are named to play, so I wouldn't be too concerned. But uh, it is, you know, cause for concern. Any anti-potters out there who like to go against the grain, uh, one to think about. Um. Martin Guptel to the Gades. He doesn't come in uh, until Big Dre Rush leaves after round four. So we don't have to worry about him at the moment. But, boy, he's an exciting prospect for when Supercoach does kick into year. Oh, sorry, when Supercoach kicks into year. When he comes in for the Gades round five, because he could, as you say, as the guru likes to say, could be anything in the BBL, mate, and could be anything in BBL Supercoach. Uh, Spy, you mentioned him before, but Paddy and George from Mortgage Choice SCW back on deck for the Big Bash season after sporting throughout the entire rugby league and AFL seasons. We've had wonderful feedback from everyone that's joined up with those boys via the SC Playbook podcast covering everything you need to know from how to begin your journey into the housing market to finding a better home loan rate, refinancing to let yourself fork out on a new cricket kit. Uh, they've got it all to go on for you. So uh, if you are sitting here listening and considering buying a house, but like 99% of first home buyers are thinking, where in the world would I start? It is blokes like Paddy and George who know the, know everything about it inside and out so they can get you on the right path. It won't cost you a dime. 
because you listen to this podcast. Use the special code SC Playbook for a free numbers cult cult consult. That'll save you a stack when you you give them a buzz. Uh, so they do that via Instagram at Pat and George Mortgage Choice, all one word, or on nine five two one one six one one. No matter where you are in Australia. Uh, they're wonderful supporters of us, so if SC Playbook gives a bit of enjoyment to you and insight to you, support us by supporting them. Spy, let's get stuck into it. And it I've is your... Got to say something quickly. I'll, I'll probably call up the boys midsummer, and they'll be expecting a call about, you know, a house or a car that the wife might want. I'll be like, <laughs> I'm interested in this limited edition early 2000s cricket bat. <laughs> it's, it's a bit expensive. Uh, what can you do for me? So hopefully the boys can find me a Ricky Ponning 01 special. We'll see what happens, though. Boys, how do I refinance to find myself uh, to be able to afford a, a Kookaburra Ridgeback from 97? It'll happen. <laughs> It'll happen. Oh, God. I might do the same for an MRF genius, Sachin Tendulkar style. There are actually four blokes in the world who used MRFs, uh, not necessarily only the genius, but back in the mid-2000s, and it was Brian Lara, Sachin Tendulkar, Steve Waugh, uh, and Tim Williams, who are a young one, an advocate for the MRF genius. So it was an elite crew that MRF gave those bats out to. I think Steve Waugh had the wizard. I, can't, I think Tendulkar was the genius. Brian Lara... Can't, do you remember what his one was? They all had names for him. I don't know. I just remember it really flashed pretty fucking hard when he, <laughs> when he cut. And sorry to swore there. You have to cut that out. But, um, yeah, I don't remember the exact model of Big Brian. Um, but, gee, they were good to watch. What a, yeah, what plenty of runs coming off at Unlock My MRF Genius. Uh, Spy, your team reveal, mate. So we're winging this a little bit, one. I've little bit. I've got a screenshot of your team right here, and we're going to run through it. Basically... I'm just going to question you on it from uh, go to O. Josh Inglis and Maddie Gilks at wicketkeeper. Uh, obviously, English you've got in there leading into uh, the round two double for the Scorchers. Gilks, you said you have a few reservations over at this stage. I do. The question will just be who I bring in if I opt to, to go against him. I do have 73K spare at the moment on the on the screenshot that I sent you. So I'm not sure I like anyone too much playing the double around his price. So potentially he just holds that spot, and given he's got the double in uh, round round two as well, then that's a pretty big bonus. Uh, but maybe I'll just upgrade him to someone around the 160k mark. So there's some options there. I uh, don't know if you've got any specific thoughts on him, but I'm not 100% shelled on, on Gilks. He's certainly not one of the guys I've locked in at this stage. I was going to get to it a little bit later, mate, but I'll, I'll drop it now uh, as a part of our antipod plays. But I just see opportunity in the wicket keeping department. I, I'm I'm a bit like you. I'm I'm not sold on on Maddie Gilks, um, Joe Clark at the Stars. A few of these double game week keeping options. Yet at the same time, there's some really good value wicket keepers uh, in the competition who are more proven in cricket, who are more proven in super coach. And I think people will flock to the double game week guys for obvious reason. But I do see a really, really good opportunity to look elsewhere. And I'll, I'll tell you one that I was thinking about and I was like, oh, a good little pot opportunity round one. And it was Josh Philippe. I had a look at the ownership, 48% ownership for round one. This is a bloke who... You know, he's a gun bat, but I, with the numbers, I don't have them. But off the top of my head, he started last year with like three big supercoach tons or two big supercoach tons, then had something like three or four scores in a row under 10 or 20. So it's that's an enormous amount of ownership for a player who can get one good peel and can get a duck. What are your thoughts? I wouldn't go near Philippi, um, especially given that ownership. That's just 
that's as antipod as they come. Yeah. As could, he could absolutely score 100 first game or he could go duck, duck, duck. Uh, he's very, very streaky, so I'm more than happy to stay away there. And if I've got so even Gilks at 60K cheaper, batting twice or four times in the first two rounds, I'd take that every day of the week. Um, so, look, it's interesting. And I've got Matty Wade there in my batsman. We'll get to him in a minute. Just tentatively penciled in. You could go with someone like him. What I'll say about someone else in contention as well, Joe Clark, whilst I quite like him, he had a hell of a summer last year. He scored, I think, five 50s in a row. So you tend to think he could be at peak price, potentially. Uh, and you'll find what I did before was I had Inglis in there with Joe Clark. What you'll find in round two is you'll then have... English playing, which means Joe Clark will be on your bench at 150k. You're going to have to use a trade, basically to downgrade him if you want anyone to play and free up elsewhere. So you'll find yourself mm. with 150k and a trade to use to try and actually do something with him. So that steered me away from Joe Clark, uh, unless you can maybe put him in your batsman or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's a really tricky spot, and I'm going to have a really good look at keeper over the next few days and see what I come up with because there's plenty of opportunity just to have a look and maybe do something different or maybe put another someone like a Hanscom down in your, your batsman bench. Then you can rotate them through and so, sort of use the loop on them each round. I think it's wide open to opportunity, the keeping position. Mm, that's why you're the best, mate. Great foresight there, Spy. A bit of, a bit of sneaky Pete Hanscom popping in, re-sign, not re-signed, signed with the Gades this week as well. Forgot that one in the, uh, the team news earlier. Spy, we'll move on to our batsmen. Uh, Matty Short, Alex Hales, Matty Wade, who you touched on there. Riley Russo, Marcus Stoinis, uh, and on the pine, you've got Chris Lynn with a, an AE on him and Cooper Connolly, or in the wise words of Maxi Bryden, Looper Connolly. Um, where do we start here? Riley Russo. Um Hasn't probably been a lot of chat around, at least socials, about Riley Russo, but 105K, the form he's coming into the tournament with, uh, I like him as well, mate. Mate, Maxi said on the last podcast or one of them in the past week or so that he may not have him. I don't know what you have been smoking at your house, Maxi, but Riley Russo is 105K. He plays four times in the first two rounds. He scored two international 2020 tons this year. He should be 100% ownership. That's that's my opinion. I mean, batsmen can get out, of course they can. They're risky, but I think it's utter madness not to have him in your side at that price. That's that's my thoughts. What do you reckon his ownership is? I've just checked it. Have a guess. I checked today. It's not much. It's like 10 or 15. 16% ownership. That's madness. Let's let's, yeah. let's get this quiet then. Edit this bit out because actually <laughs> come out and hit a ton. Like he did it in Sydney a few months ago. So... I mean, you're just 105k. He's a cheapie, and he's got ton potential with four games in two rounds. Just he's he's pretty much my first pick, actually, at the moment. Uh, and mate, Cooper Connolly. Just a little little explanation for the the beginner super coaches out there. Why you've got a bloke in there who doesn't look like he'll you know he'll be very scarcely used by the Scorchers if at all this season. Yeah, so basically, without going in-depth into the, the auto-emergency loophole situation, I'll give, tell you what I'll do in round one. So I've got Chris Lynn sitting on my bench. He'll play his first game. If he scores, say he scores 60 runs for 100-odd points, I'll then swing Connolly into my starting lineup, and then Chris Lynn, who's my auto-emergency, will automatically get those points in that round one, which is perfect. Conversely, if Chris Lynn walks out gets a duck, I go, okay, well, instead of putting Connolly in the starting lineup, I'll I'll pick someone who's actually playing the double or a single to come in ahead of Linny, and then I don't get stuck with his zero 
with a game in hand, admittedly. So you can you can flip around your auto emergency bench guy. You could use it for your skipper uh, loophole. You could flip him down to the bowling category because he's dual position. So it opens up a whole lot of opportunity and gives you a chance at a free look at one of the batsmen or a bowler that you're not as confident on that could go low um, who plays early in the week. So... I might get up, maybe I'll try and get up an article later in the week heading into round one about that, um, just because mm. it is really important. But that's essentially the value of someone like uh, Connolly. Yeah, that sounds like a spy talk, absolute special. Uh, and spy, there is someone else I want to touch on in the bats, but while we're on the topic, uh, again, um, amateurs, first-timers of Supercoach, not even first-timers. You, you'd like, the looping, there's a fair bit to it, but once you head around it, it's... You know, it's so, so essential to success in Supercoach. Uh, you've got Cameron Green in there, who's obviously in the Australian Test squad uh, and won't play for a while. Um, same philosophy? Exact same philosophy. And you mentioned on a previous podcast, you save a trade by having him. So, look, potentially I change him to someone who's playing just to add to my depth. But if if I want an extra loophole person at batsman and bowler, they can interchange batsman bowler dual dual position, but it means when Cam Green comes in, we've saved a trade and he's already in your side and you flick him straight in and get an extra trade the week that everyone wants him. So I think it's a huge play to start with him. Circumstances may dictate that I need someone else in there for depth, but at this stage he is locked in. How concerned are you when we look at uh, we we have similar enough approaches to Supercoach Spy, but I'm. I would say I'm probably maybe a little bit more focused, especially Supercoach Big Bash. I'm probably a little bit more focused on cash gen than you've been in previous years. Uh, that's probably why I finished forty third last year and you finished way back in the several hundreds. But um, mate, in terms of that cash gen, you have two non players on your bench. Does that concern you? I'll let that sledge slide, but yeah, <laughs> it does. It does a little bit. So that'll be a decision I make. There'll be a point in the next week, leading into round one, where I've really got to sit down and think about how I'm going to go about the first few rounds, and basically look at numbers and cash generation. But if there's a bloke who I think could make good cash, who I can fit in my side at the expense of a Cam Green or a Connolly, then yeah, I'll be happy to do it just to just to grab that potential cash generation. It could be a massive thing as the year goes on. If you do and you have to scrap one of them, would it be Connolly or Cam Green? I'd prefer to keep Cam Green if I can, but the facts are 20K could be the difference between having a good player to start in my side. So it's just going to come down to that. But I'll try and keep Cam if I can. Yeah. I think personally that I will be starting with Cam Green over Cooper Connolly. And that's, I know it's 20K, but it's also like, well, you know, what if Cooper Connolly does start getting a few games? There's a few faces dropping out of the Scorchers outfit uh, quite quickly. There's a few injury concerns in around that side. So, you know, uh, if it does continue to happen and Cooper Connolly find himself playing, well, let's be fair, that's not a bad thing because you've got someone at 42K, but he'd have, likely have a pretty ordinary role in that side. Whereas Cam Green, you know he's not playing till you know, mid-Jan earliest, if at all. And when he does come, everyone's going to be buying him anyway. So... I prefer Cam Green of the two in terms of that AE loops. Uh, mate, Matty Wade, you touched on before. You've got him in your batsman slot at the moment at 120K. He looks all right, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's had a pretty big year. We know how good he is. At 120K, he's well undervalued. So 
I've just got to make a decision around how many players I want to start with who don't have the double game week initially or in the early rounds. So that's the only thing holding me back from Matty Wade at the moment. Especially with that cash in the bank, I could upgrade to someone who's pretty handy uh, and playing for double early. So big decision to make there. But at the moment, I've just penciled him in uh, to start the season and we'll, we'll see how things unfold. Um, we'll shoot down your bowlers, and for the record, if anyone's out there and they copy the Spice entire team, that's just a complete knob move because not cool at all, and uh, it's just no fun. You play Supercoach for fun and back your own decisions. If you back his entire team, uh, it's just it's just shit form, to be frank. Bowler Spy, Rashid Khan, of course. Trent Bolt at 180k, the Kiwi god. Dan Sams, Shadab Khan, Adam Zampa, Mitchie Swepson, and Cam Green. Uh, where should we start there, mate? We'll start with Trent Bolt, who's starting with the opening round double, uh, 180K, as I mentioned, one of the world's best short-form and long-form bowlers, I suppose. Um, you're pretty happy to lock him in despite the big price? Yeah, I didn't actually have him until this afternoon when I had a little a bit of pod preparation. He's ended up in there at the moment because I had a bit of money to spare, and I think playing that initial double, he'll then be the perfect guy to slide onto an expensive Perth Scorchers guy for round two. Uh, I've actually ended up with three, only three Melbourne stars because I've got the buy in round two. I didn't want to get caught too short, so uh, I wanted three pretty good ones who I can trust, Trent Bolt, uh, Zampa and Stoinis. So... What I like about Bold is he's got that wicket-taking potential, but he does make it easy just to slide straight across to a really good Scorchers option come round two. Yeah, that's a, a bit of a note of warning for anyone. There's a lot of really appealing buys at the Stars off a very ordinary campaign last time around. There's a lot of value players, and then you throw on top of them someone like Trent Bolt. There's obviously uh, Zampa, who we'll chat about shortly, but Marcus Stoinis. You know, if you have any more than three, and then you've got, say, two um, auto-emerges like Connolly and Green on your bench like you already do, they go into the round two double and then if there's more, you know, we throw Joe Clark in the mix as a double game week wicketkeeper with a bit of promise and then if one or two other players don't happen to be playing next week or next round, I should say, you could be left very short. So, yeah, just be aware of that, of how many stars and uh, auto-emergency players or non-playing reserves you've got in your squad. Uh, Spy Shadab Khan, single game week player, 125K, Absolute sensation at the World Cup for Pakistan. Uh, he's in your side. He is. Uh, before I get to Shadab, just on Melbourne and, and the stars there, be a little bit careful if you've got three guys, for example, around the 80 to 100K mark. Because what you'll find is you'll automatically want to sell those three guys on the buy to go to some Perth players. Mm. But if they're all worth 80 to 100K, you're not actually going to be able to get anyone that good from the Scorchers. Uh, you may have to sell someone else who's actually playing in round two in order to afford someone particularly elite. Uh, that's why I quite like having Trent as one of my stars because you've got value there to trade round two. So just something to keep in mind um, on the stars there. On to Shadab Khan. I just liked what I saw when I've seen him play. Um, I haven't seen a lot of him, but he looks the goods. He's confident. Uh, he's playing under Ricky Podding, so that can't be a bad thing. <laughs> and... Yeah, as long as his role's good, I'll, I'll plug him in there, hopefully make a heap of cash, early points, save me a trade, not have to get him in later, dual position, and um, I just think of that price and what Maxi has said about him. Uh, I'm, I'm all on board there for the moment. So I think unless something dramatic happens, he'll be, he'll be my side round one. Yeah, it looks like a very, very exciting prospect, old Shadab Khan, in Supercoach circles. Uh, you got Adam Zampri, as mentioned, uh, Rashid Khan, Dan Sams, they all picked themselves up. And the last one there, 
Mitchie Sweps and another one only on the single game week. You've got the uh, the reserve on him for the first round at 107k for a obviously Australian Test quality spinner. Um, pretty enticing price, isn't it? Yeah, just getting ahead of the curve a bit. I wouldn't. I always wanted one Brisbane Heat player heading into the round three double. I can get ahead of the curve. I don't have to play him in round one. Uh, necessarily round two, I can plug him in and I'll be ready for that double. So I haven't actually gone through all his numbers in depth, but I know he's an outstanding bowler. So at this stage, a pretty good bloke to have on my bench and just be ready for that, that extra number and saving a trade heading into round three. What was I going to say? Uh, any early thoughts on skippers? Yeah. Um, so at the moment, let's have a look what I've got it on. So I've got the vice captain. It's actually sitting on Alex Hales at the moment. Ooh, uh, yep, could be Riley Rousseau, could be Daniel Sams. Um, any three, any three of those in the first game. I think I'm going to back the Thunder in against against the Melbourne Stars at Monica. Monica's a good place to bat. Rousseau or Hales, it could be. Uh, and then into, I really like Matty Short. There's probably some some reservations that maybe he doesn't bowl as much or or batting with Lynn, maybe his role's different. But you know what? He was dominant last year. I'm hoping he's going to roll straight back into it and be dominant again. He's pretty effective with the ball from memory. So hoping his role's the same. And I think he will be my captain from the uh, strikers in the <coughs> second game if Alex Hales or so doesn't go off. Mm. Interesting spy looking at uh, sort of further into your team, but... The balance of, of the way you've you've spread your money across your squad, uh, not a lot of cheapies, not a lot of top, top dollar players. I mean, there's a few there in Rashid Khan, Dan Sams, Bolt, Short. So I shouldn't say none, but there's a lot of, uh, I would say, mid-range players from that sort of 80 to about 120K category. Now, it looks like a, a relatively scarce at least beginning to the year for cheapies. Last year, we had some bonkers ones to start with. It was fantastic. And I suppose the one that stands out to me at this stage is Harry Conway, who you've left out at 70K at the Strikers, starting on the double. Uh, could be bowling death there for the Strikers. No love for him, Matt? Yeah, there definitely is. Um, <laughs> I was listening to that pod today, and I think at least one of the boys is pretty high on him. So I actually just want to go back and find a couple of those scorecards from last year. Uh, but bowling death at, what is he, 70K or something? I think he could definitely be a huge option. He's a good guy potentially to sit on my bench as well, maybe in place of Swepson. And then if he does do well, I can use him. And if he doesn't do well, I'll leave him on the bench. But definitely keen. I'm actually pretty keen on, I think it's Maxi's man as well. Is it Thornton for the strikers? Um, unbelievable strike rate last year. So again, on the double, uh, if he's going to take wickets, that, that's what you want. So there's definitely a couple of contenders there to come in um, as a late inclusion to the, the spy squad. Love it, mate. And as you said, there's plenty to play out between now and round one. Even once round one starts that first game, we'll be waiting on team lists, all sorts of things. So changes galore. Fortunately, we've got the uh, SC Playbook subscriber WhatsApp group. We'll drop any of our team changes in that so you'll be on the ball and know what's going on there. Um, unlimited group. Take on the SC Playbook contributors to be in the running for some big prizes. Our unlimited group code is 557991. Major prize for the top-ranked subscriber to knock us all off. Food and drinks package for two to any game of choice in the 2023-24 Big Bash season, plus a supporter's jersey of your choice. Minor prize is the same to a game next season. Food and drinks package for two uh, without the supporter's jersey. Spy, 
Let's wrap this up this week with a pod and an anti-pod play. I love dropping these each week on the podcast. Now, we're going to drop one for teams on the double game week. Then we'll drop one of each for teams uh, on the single game week. So um, I'll start us off, mate. And my pod is Bowie Webster at at the Stars, 7.7% ownership. Now, the issue there is that uh, we just spoke about overcommitting two stars and, you know, his ownership there. Uh, sorry, whether he fits into a few others, but he's in terrific form with the bat and ball. He's been playing a really prolific role with the ball at uh, a domestic level. Big chat from uh, Adam Zampa during the week about hinting at maybe putting him up the order a little bit higher, playing a good role with the ball. He's at a good price. So I think Webster at 7.0% ownership is pretty good. And the other one... Now, he's at serious pod range at 4.6% ownership, but he was only added to the game after re-signing about a week ago, and that is Peter Siddle. So I do expect Sids to go up significantly in ownership, uh, but at this stage, 4.6% ownership for a bloke who will bowl death for the strikers. He was the top wicket-taker last year by a mile. I think he was eight clear of second place. Um, yeah, that's what I've got for my pods in the double game week position. Spy, have you got... Yeah, nice. I actually, on uh, on Bowie Webster there, Zampa's chat had me very fired up. I couldn't initially put him in earlier today because I already had too many stars, but now that I've got three, I might see if I can slide him in. <laughs> kind of bloke that could come in for a Connolly, make me some money, be an option on the bench there, and then I can move him on potentially. So he could very well end up in my lineup. Now, I've, I've actually misread your, your topic thing here, and I've actually done one from every team on the double and every team on the team. <laughs> I was like, why didn't you say one from every team? Makes sense now. But Spy, we, Spy, we have time, mate, and the listeners want to hear, so fire away. All right, we'll start with Adelaide. <laughs> I've, got, I've got Chris Lynn as a possible antipod. Um, we'll just see where I land there. But I'm not 100% sold on Lynn. He has been in pretty good touch recently, though, and he gets a couple of games at Adelaide early. So I think he'll probably be in my side, but I'm not absolutely locked on him. And I had the same as you. I had Siddle in the pod department, along mm. with, with Thornton. I think they're both really good options. They're wicket takers on the double. Don't mind that at all. Yeah, Lin, I, I um, had Linny jotted down as well as one, and he's I'm very on the fence with him at the moment. But 26.3% ownership, which... Is pretty high, to be honest, for a bloke who, as you said, like any batsman who that's the only job, could go duck-duck. So he's a serious antipod opportunity. Yeah. Uh, the beauty of Linny is at the moment I can sit him on my bench and see how he goes that first game, and I don't even have to play him. So it's pretty tempting given his upside. You just uh, know he's going to get a duck first game. You don't play him, then he hits a ton in game two. That's how it goes. <laughs> um, Melbourne Stars, I've just jotted down Trent Bolt as a possible antipod. I know he's in my side. But again, he's not an absolute lock for me. I think the way my team's unfolded this afternoon, the balance I need with with trades moving forward and just a gun from that Stars lineup means I will play him. But by no man's, do you have to lock him in just because it's the name Trent Bolt. He, he could get belted or he could take eight for 40 in two games. I think the fact <laughs> that he could take eight for 40 means the sensible move is to lock him in. And that's why he's found my way into his into my side. Sorry. Um but I just don't think he's an absolute must. Uh, however, I will be starting with him as it stands uh, with Balti there. I also noted down Coulton Isle. He's pretty low ownership, probably given his fitness concerns of late, but he's got a pretty good T20 record. Uh, the only reason I don't have him at the moment, and I did, is because of that extra star who I'd need to move on uh, in round two. Mm. So it's just that buying round two scaring me off him, but I certainly don't mind Coulton Isle as an option at, I think, pretty low ownership. 
Um, I've got it up here somewhere. I'm finding it, so we can yeah. sort it out. Um, Have a look in a minute. I'll, I'll, I'll keep going for the year. 7.7% ownership. Yeah, so that's not much, is it? Huge upside. Got a lot of class. Yeah. Now, uh, yes, I don't mind that at all. Uh, and the Thunder, they're the last of the teams on the double. So I've written down here, Antipod, no one. There was no one I looked at and I was like, they're well-owned. I don't want them. It's just the way it's fallen. Uh, and the pod I had, who I didn't realise till today, sadly, is that Farugi fella from, I can't remember what nation he comes out of. He's got an outstanding record, but I didn't realise he's actually out on test duties for the first first. Yeah, Af- Afghanistan, Farugi. Yeah, devastating because I was going to lock him straight in. Not to be. Yeah. Um, I'm going to follow that one up there with Spy. I don't have – oh, yeah, that was it. Um. You initially had Jason Sanger in your first team reveal on, on the SC Playbook website. Uh, he's gone. My man Sanger. Yeah, I um, it's not a lot of love around him at the moment. His form isn't great. <laughs> I did see that he'd been dropped. Oh, gee, I don't know if I want a bloke not in form. Uh, and then I heard he might not bowl, and I was like, oh no. And then I realised that he was so good last year. He's probably priced at peak value so mm. he's gonna bowl i'd have him but yeah I've, I've taken him out which is sad so he's so good to watch maybe he'll make his way into my side as the, as the tournament goes on he, he hits a bit of form but at the moment no jason sanger uh in yeah. the squad. he um he has been named skipper of the thunder i believe um, oh he's back in <laughs> confidence uh double check that but i'm pretty sure he has so job security looks surely pretty safe based on that um, well, I've got 70k spare, so <laughs> someone yeah. might be upgraded to Sanger. We'll just have to see. Yeah, I was going to say, if you've got 70k spare, I reckon Cooper Connolly to Harry Conway is a little is a fair go for you. Yep, punch that one in. But yeah, I think there's definitely a couple of upgrades to come with that 70k. <laughs> My, now, I've jotted, sorry, yeah. you go. No, no, you keep going, mate. I was just going to say, I've jotted down one of each from the other the other. F- what have we got? Four or five sides here who quick antipod and pod. It might be yep. too much. Maybe do that another week or I can jot through it now if you like. Mate, I know the listeners are sitting there going, let the spy talk. So here <laughs> we go. Talk. Okay. Um, from the Brisbane Heat, pods Michael Nisa, who I think he's on test duties today, but so it's something to play out there. And Josh Brown. Not my good mate, Josh Brown, but another <laughs> Brown from Queensland. He's hitting them all over the park. He's 42K, so keep a good eye on round one lists. I think if he's named to open, he'll be top three. I'd plug him in for sure at 42K in prep for that that round three double because yeah, he's been hitting them all around all around Brisbane by the sounds of things. And we've already mentioned Swepson. He's he's a nice little play there, I think. Uh, get on him early. Could be an option. From Hobart, this is scary. One of my original my original boys, Darcy Short, I've antipodded. There's all this talk he's gonna bowl and I'm scared. So he'll probably be straight yeah. in he'll probably straight in for me round two if he does have that role, but I've got Shadab in and you know, and I've got Maddie Wade, so potentially Maddie Wade goes to Darcy Short if we sort of get an inclination that he will be bowling. I'm pretty keen on Darcy and uh, the super coaches. I thought he'd be lower owned. She was 36% ownership, so people aren't missing him. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, that's a big call to make. My gut <laughs> says he's on the downward spiral, but then, as you mentioned, he was out of form last year. Is that a permanent thing where he might have just lost a little bit of his touch the older he got? 
or is he going to come back to a bit of form and That's stuff? It. It's like, which way do you look at it? Because he couldn't hit off the square last year, didn't bowl a lot. Again, all that talk we spoke about last week, but about um, had a shoulder issue in recent years, so it's limited his bowling. He's been bowling a lot at domestic yeah. level, and he still averaged over 50 last year. It's like, well, geez, if he's found a bit of form and he's bowling regularly, it could be anything. Yeah, and punters down there, I don't no, don't even mean that as a joke. Punter will sort him out. <laughs> just those those little things he was doing, probably not quite right technically last year. So, oh, Darcy, he might be back in. Uh, <laughs> McDermott, I can't have McDermott at that price. I jumped on him last year before his tons. Uh, I think before everyone, that initial one. So I've got a lot of love for McDermott, but he won't be getting into my side closer to the double. Um We've talked about Shadab Khan already and that Ashraf guy. I didn't mind him either, but he won't be playing either early, so that's a bit disappointing. Mm. He's got a lot of potential. Keep an eye on him as he comes in. Melbourne Renegades, <clears throat> anti-potting Will Sutherland. Look, until he shows me something consistently, I just don't really want him on my side, but I appreciate he's quite cheap. So he's 33% ownership as well. Yeah, that's a lot. Boy, but how? It, it's, it's the same story every year with him, isn't it? Everyone starts with him at a low price and – the role seems um, encouraging, but the Renegades also have been able to string a run together in the last few years. So I don't think he'll be batting much higher. Uh, just he's been good in domestic, but it's yeah, it's got a bit of trap written over it, doesn't it? I think I just want to wait and see there. Look, if it costs me twenty k to get him in and he's going off, then I'll just I'll cop that. But uh, yeah, at the moment, as I said, he hasn't he hasn't proven enough to me at this point. So best of luck to him. Hope he does well. But at this stage, not in my side. The pod play from the Gades, this is who I really, really want. And it's Majib. He's so underpriced. I've got to maybe figure out a way to get Majib in my side because I can only see him making money. Uh, no doubles early, but geez, he's a handy bowler, isn't he? I've got him as well, mate. He's He was one of my pod plays, actually, at 112k, yeah. 10% ownership. Um, we rattled through his stats a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, but... He's just so, so good. Economically, he's a wicket-taker. Um, last year, because, you know, the the Renegades didn't have many runs to defend, the sort of teams would sort of pick him off, a bit like the teams were doing with Adam Zamper at the Stars, and he still took a few wickets. His economy was like less than seven. Um, I, I reckon he's a great play. Yeah, I could actually bring him in for Connolly. I've got about 2K spare, so that might be it. Just that value play, sit on my bench, play him as needed. Uh, and build up that bank. So, mm. Majib, maybe welcome aboard time. We'll have a look at things. From the Perth Scorchers, um, Josh Inglis and Connolly are the only two I've got at the moment. As I mentioned, I just don't know what their makeup of their side's going to be. So, I don't want to be going early on people and have them not playing because that's just a total waste. Mm. We don't even know if Jai Richardson's fit. Maybe someone like a Phil Salt could be handy over in Perth if you want to jump on early. Salt's um, gone, mate. He's out with Mitchie Marsh. So, as I said, Aaron Hardy, there's opportunities presenting for the big boy. <laughs> Aaron, get him <laughs> get him on board. Um, there you go, Salt's out, so that's fine. Uh, and my final one, the Sydney Sixers, we've mentioned it, but Antipod Philippi, I, it, do, it doesn't even entice me in any way to start with him at that ownership and that price. No. Of course he could go off round one and we go, oh, bugger, we don't own him, but it just tactically doesn't make sense to me. And pod-wise, no one yet from the six because I haven't had a good look at them. I went through the side, but no one that stood out that I want this early. Uh, but they will come under strong consideration uh, a few weeks into the tournament, heading close to their double. 
Very good, mate. Um, we've re- touched on most of mine already. I was going to bring up the wicketkeeper scenario and a few others. Mujib, who I like as a pod, um, anti-pod. Yeah, it was a game, Josh Phillippe at that. I, I said it'll be a scary watch on him, but happy to take him on at, at that price uh, and on the single game week. Anti-pod play. Now, this is probably my big decision at the moment, and it's Matty Short, something who's in your side at 197K. His top, top dollar. Now, we know he's got the double. Um, you know, maybe he gets four overs, but the way I see it, he's probably their, you know, maybe their fifth or sixth bowler. He might get two overs. I do think he'll bowl at some stage. Um, they could be those middle overs, though, the sort of the middling where they're just consolidating their innings and knocking him around a bit. So will he, you know, will he take any wickets? Will he get any economy rate bonuses, if at all? I think he need three overs to get that one to come into play. Huge price tag, spy there. There's enough question marks over him at the price where I, coming off a comfortably career-high season, we remember last year he started about 60K. Uh, I'm not entirely convinced. Yeah, don't laugh at me. I just brought Majeev in my side while you're talking. I f- didn't hear who you said. <laughs> oh, this is what I have to deal with. This is why I need three right. people on this podcast. But I did listen to everything you said. I just missed the name. So who was it? <laughs> <laughs> Matt Short. Shorty. I did hear it. I just got distracted by my yeah. my bowling lineup with 3K to spare. It's all Jeez, look good. Live amendments to the, the side. Uh, Matty Short locked in for me, not even thinking twice about it. Um, I understand the logic about maybe not having him, but I don't know if there's enough guns to start. I think you want to get as ma- many guns as possible on the double because they're the ones that can really do the damage mm. uh, for me. Matty Short's in and he may even be my, my captain. Ooh, maybe even captain. Jesus Christ, mate. 31% ownership. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll fondle over that one. Um, Spy, mate, you've – I say each and every week that you've been big on this podcast, but I, I've had a big week, moving houses, doing all sorts of things, getting prepped for the Big Bash season. A bit tired coming into this one, and uh, no one else on it with us, just you. I mean, you've, you really have lifted this week. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I've had a pretty big week myself, so I think we've done pretty well. You can probably tell, listeners, that we've said a few random things tonight. <laughs> That's called a bit of sleep, sleep depri- deprivation, but uh, don't worry, we're peaking towards the right end of the, the tournament, and that's round one when we've got to get, get cracking and, and get into business. Love your work, mate. Uh, to the listeners out there, we will try and sneak in one more podcast with a few of the boys before Tuesday night kicks into the gear. Um we are running a little low on time. A few more articles to get out on site. I'll drop my team reveal on there at some stage in the next day or two. Should be coming out tomorrow or I'll, re- I'll release this uh, the podcast on Friday. Team reveal probably in the after- afternoon. We'll try and get some team reveals from the other SC Playbook contributors. Uh, but if we don't get to another podcast, good luck heading into round one. Subscribers, get on that WhatsApp chat with me. I'll be on there tomorrow, Friday afternoon, Monday afternoon, uh, and we will chat all things Supercoach and Supercoach teams. Uh, Good luck in round one and enjoy your weekend. Cheers. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.